we as humans are afraid of the unknown. And so when things feel unknown, we put up walls and barriers. And the sad part is, is that none of this has to be unknown. We all probably know somebody who internally, whether they are public about it or not, identifies as bisexual. And we can sit down and have an actual conversation with them about what that's like and learn. And then it's not unknown anymore. Then it doesn't have to be this obtuse concept. Welcome to the Live Your Fuck Yes Life podcast, your place for all things health, wellness, self-care, and real talk. I'm Amanda Catherine Loy, health coach, actor, and badass extraordinaire. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought with some serious real talk to help you find your passion, speak your truth, and get you one step closer to living your fuck yes life. Are you ready? Here we go. Hey, 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 you guys. Welcome to episode 64 of the podcast. I'm Amanda Catherine Loy, your host extraordinaire, and today is a very, very important day. <sighs> today I'm sharing something with you guys and a topic with you guys on the podcast that we've never talked about. And I am equal parts nervous, equal parts excited, and I couldn't have thought of a better person to have on to talk about this and also a better time to bring this up. Um, as this is releasing, it is coming to the end of Pride Month 2019 and actually leading into Chicago Pride Weekend, um, which is where I live. And so it's super exciting and I love pride. It's like the happiest time for me. Um, and there's just so much celebration and love and inclusion. And I know that not everybody feels this way all the time. And I know that there are a lot of people who have spent most of their life not feeling included. And today's episode, we dive into that. And we also dive into sexuality in general, um, the fluidity around that, and so much more with the amazing Rachel Wright. Um, she has been on this podcast a couple times now. She is my go-to psychotherapist, um, friend and confidant, and just approaches every topic about this kind of stuff uh, with so much compassion. And I am so excited to dive into everything we're going to be talking about today. But before we do... This episode is brought to you by Ana Luisa, an amazing jewelry company that I am obsessed with. Not only are their pieces gorgeous and hella affordable, but I absolutely love that their mission is centered around sustainability, using 100% recycled gold in all of their pieces. Want to match with me? I love rocking the honeycomb necklace with the deep V blouse and jeans. And I also love the fan earrings. They add a really nice pop with a simple maxi dress. So you can snag your discount by heading over to analuisa.com forward slash L-Y-F-Y-L. That's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A dot com forward slash capital L-Y-F-Y-L. Okay, let's get into it. So how fluid is sexuality anyway is the title of today's conversation. It really is a conversation um, because obviously we've had Rachel on before. You guys probably know her and love her as much as I do. Um, and not only does she share her expertise um, from her background, she's she's so cool because not only is she obviously uh, studied in this and has important research and clinical background to this, but she, when she lived in San Francisco, 
and first uh, started her private practice where she was working one-on-one with clients instead of what she's doing online now, um, she worked almost exclusively with the LGBTQIA plus community. And so not only does she have the, the, the clinical background from working with um, that community, but she also shares really vulnerable in her personal life and her um, perspective on sexuality and we got deep, I got deep, um, and um, we're just going for it today. So things we talk about in today's episode, um, the difference between gender and sexuality, the different types of sexuality. We talk about the Kinsey scale, what it is, and how to figure out where exactly you fall on it. Um, we talk about labels and, and how we feel about that, um, the stigma around bisexuality. Um, we both, again, like I said, share really, really uh, personal things around the subject and um, don't just talk about talking for the sake of it, but also um, share um, some ways to gain clarity around your sexuality. If it's something that you're personally struggling with or trying to navigate and figuring out where you fall, because it can be confusing as all hell. So ah, it's such a great episode and I don't want to keep you guys any longer. So without further ado, here we go. Hey, Rachel, welcome back to the podcast. What's up? What's up? I'm so excited to be back again. Oh my gosh, you guys. So you guys obviously know that Rachel's like my favorite person to talk about all things, anything therapy related or sex, mental health and relationships. And in honor of Pride Month, this is coming out in June 2019, um, I really wanted to talk about uh, a subject matter that one, I don't think is discussed enough by any means. Two, is in honor of Pride Month. And three, has been on my mind and um, within a lot of conversations I've been having with really close friends lately. Um, and that is the topic of sexuality and how that is not so fucking cut and dry. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, so I wanted to have her on because one, she is all things expert when it comes to this kind of stuff. And also because she has a really unique perspective um, because when she was um, practicing privately, um, when she was living in San Francisco, she worked pretty much exclusively with the LGBTQIA plus community, um, over there. And so not just like has, you know, the, the foundation from a clinical standpoint, but also the foundation from a, like actually has worked with her clients in that capacity. So thank you for being here. I so appreciate you. Absolutely. This top full, first of all, I do anything for you. You know that. (laughs) Um, but on top of that, this topic is so near and dear to my heart, as you know, mm-hmm. and I agree with you. It's not talked about enough at all. Just like all the other shit that we've talked about on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really something that even my mom was visiting in town and my brother, my mom and myself got into this conversation about sexual orientation. Mm-hmm. And even my mom and brother, there were things that they were like, uh, Oh, wow. Oh, that's really interesting. And it's just, we don't bring it up enough. Mm -hmm. And most people are not just straight or gay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's a lot in between. Mm -hmm. And so I think that just the fact that you wanted to talk about this is exciting. Okay. So before we even get into sexuality and the differences about it and our personal experiences around it, because that's something I really want to be open with you guys about today. I know that there is a big like misconception that gender and sexuality are intertwined Mm. and that there's been a big like movement away from that, um, especially within the world that we are currently in in 2019, where we are being way more aware of the fact that gender is maybe not really even real. 
<laughs> and that it's yeah. like also a fluid thing. And it's, you know, a lot of people believe it's a social construct and, you know, everyone has their perspective around that. But can you just share like how those are different? Because they're so innately different, but I don't think most people have that realization. Absolutely. So in very, very, very simple terms, gender is how you identify as who you are. Like, are you a man, a woman, neither? Mm -hmm. It's who you are. Your sexuality is who you are attracted to Mm -hmm. or want to be in a relationship with Mm -hmm. or have a sexual experience with. Mm -hmm. So one has nothing to do with another person and the other has like everything to do with another person. Yeah, I think, sorry, I was going to say, I think for so long, like people have associated gender with body parts that, Mm -hmm. um, where our sexual urges come from. (laughs) And so they've been so intertwined and it's like, no, it has nothing to do with that. So I really appreciate that very concise, very specific separation. Cause I think it's really important to know that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you can be, it's just like how a sexual act doesn't determine your sexual orientation. Mm. You know, a man can identify as completely heterosexual and like to do stuff with his butt. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make him gay. Mm -hmm. Totally. That's right. Like that's the, that's the narrative that we have. Like, oh, he wants anal play. Oh, he's gay. Right. What? No. Yeah. That doesn't mean anything. I love that. Yeah. Okay. So getting back to sexuality. Yes you know, what you said about, you know, it's very unusual for someone to be all the way straight, all the way gay. I don't think that most people believe that. I think that most people feel very much I am one or the other. And I have been very much like opened to my eyeballs of what that can look like um, in the last, you know, couple of years. Um, And I think that there's been more and more messaging around sexuality being fluid. Um, But can you can you just like outline because there's a shit ton of them, like the types of sexuality, what that can look like? Because I when I started researching this, I was like, damn, there's a lot of terms that I didn't even know. And I feel like I've I've been in this world and like actually intentionally learning about it and educating myself around it. So, um, yeah. Can we just like go through those? Because I think it will be very eye opening for everyone listening. (laughs) Totally. So first I think it's important to acknowledge that this is not something that we learn and then just, we know forever and it doesn't change. Yeah. There are constantly, we were chatting about this briefly before we hit record. There are constantly terms that I don't know. Mm -hmm. And I studied that like our culture is going to add new language to things all the time as yeah. new things are researched and developed. So don't shame yourself for not knowing something. Just learn it. Mm-hmm. Like if we can just be open to learning about mm-hmm. it, that's the key. Not having to know what everything means mm-hmm. or getting caught up in the, well, there are so many, I just can't keep track. Like you don't have to know them all, mm-hmm. but just be open to the fact that there are many. Mm-hmm. Um, And the other thing that I want to say just before we go into the descriptions is this research into like the sexual spectrum goes all the way back to the 60s and 70s. Mm. And I think a lot of people have this idea like, oh, it's 2019 with our, you know, gender fluid bathrooms and our fluid sexuality. And it's just, you know, these millennials and Gen Z and blah, blah, blah. And it's not. Mm -hmm. This research started so long ago 
It's just that we're actually talking about it now. Which is fucking great. It's about yeah. damn time. <laughs> I mean, finally. Yeah. Yeah. So the first guy who started doing this research was Alfred Kinsey. Mm. Um, there's a great movie about him with mm. uh, Laura Linney is in it, actually. She plays his wife. Um, What's and, the movie called? Uh, Do you know? Kinsey. It's just called Kinsey. Yeah, it's called Kinsey. I'll link that in the show notes for you guys. Yeah. I forget who plays Kinsey. Oh, <laughs> not so as important as Laura Linney, obviously. Yeah, I, I clearly <laughs> not That's as all important. you need to know. <laughs> I know, exactly. So he was the first person. And what he did was he went and interviewed thousands and thousands and thousands of men about their sexual histories, thoughts, behavior, and feelings. Mm. And at the time, back in, his, this was in the 70s, mm-hmm. he put people on a scale of zero to six in three basic categories, which were heterosexual, bisexual, and homosexual. Mm-hmm. But each one had a little room for wiggle. Mm-hmm. Right. So even if you identified as heterosexual, you could be a one rather than a zero, meaning maybe you can look at someone of the same gender and say, wow, that person is really attractive. Mm -hmm. I am attracted to them. Maybe you wouldn't act on it, Mm -hmm. but you can respect that. That may be more so closer to a one Mm -hmm. than a zero where you're like, no, I don't even see the beauty in that person Mm. unless it's someone of the opposite gender. Then you have the middle, like straight down in the middle where you're essentially 50-50. And you're like, she's hot, he's hot. I There's actually a great song on um, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend called I'm Getting By. And it's (laughs) all about a man who realizes he's bisexual. Oh, I love that. And it's an amazing song. They It teaches about bisexuality. It's a funny video too. Yeah, I'll link um, that too. I'll, I'm I'll sure I'll find it on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. And there was a lot of, you know, rumor speculation about bisexuality for a long time that it was just someone not wanting to quote unquote admit that they were gay. Mm-hmm. It was like this transitional phase mm-hmm. of like, well, I like both. Mm-hmm. And then they were like on their way to the other side of the spectrum. Yes, yes, yes. I want to talk about that more. (laughs) (laughs) And that is not what it is. It's not what it is at all. And Kinsey's scale does not take into consideration different genders than male and female. Mm. So the reason why there are more terms now is because we needed to come up with language to differentiate between being attracted to a cisgender female and a cisgender male Mm -hmm. versus being attracted to someone who's transgender female Mm. and transgender male, Mm -hmm. right? So like if I, as a cisgender female, say, let's say I'm bisexual, but I'm not attracted to transgender individuals, Mm -hmm. that would make me bisexual, But if I were attracted to transgender individuals, that word is pansexual. Mm. So I thought that pansexual was referencing people who it has nothing to do with gender. Correct. Okay. So it just has to do with the person. It's like anyone, anything, whatever. It's 100%. All inclusive. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. 
um, which kind of speaks to sometimes people identify as queer. Mm-hmm. And that is almost a similar concept mm-hmm. in that way, because you're not really labeling what type of person you're just not a zero on the Kinsey scale. Yeah. I read a really interesting article about queerness, um, actually this week, I think. And I think I've been seeing more and more of my friends gravitate towards queer. And I really, I think it's been become like, it used to be a really disempowering term, I think from what I understand, Yes, um, because I've never identified as queer. Um, and so I'm obviously not speaking for this community, but, um, from the, the, people I know who identify as queer, um, they've been trying to reclaim this word um, in a way to empower themselves to not have to really live in a label, which I also want to talk to you about afterwards because I think the types of sexuality are very much like, let's fit you into a box, right? Let's find somewhere to fit in. So I have so many questions and so many things I want to dive into, but let's do like a quick breakdown of like the different types of sexuality and then go from there. So Obviously, we have, like, straight, gay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Outside of those, like, what else Out- is there? <laughs> Outside of those, we have bisexuality. Mm-hmm. We have pansexuality. Mm-hmm. Which we just talked about. Which, which is a term that I only recently, like, in the last year knew about. Which is baffling to me. But anyways. <laughs> but Maybe you're hearing this for the first like, time and you're like, oh, what the heck's pansexuality? I've never heard that term before. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's demisexual. What does that mean? That is having not, it's basically not experiencing sexual attraction to someone Mm. until a romantic connection is there. Okay. So like you're not having like physical urges. Is that what you're saying? Correct. Until you're emotionally connected. So like the vagina tingles don't happen until you feel like there's some kind of connection there. Bingo. I got you. (laughs) Bingo. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. (laughs) So homosexuality, gay or lesbian, Mm -hmm. I think that that's really important to distinguish is that there are, I know some lesbians who don't like being called gay or homosexual. They like lesbian. Mm Mm-hmm. Whereas I've known other lesbians who are like, yes, yeah. I'm homosexual. Yes, I'm also gay. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's a really important thing is similar to gender. It's just like, ask, mm-hmm. just, just ask. Mm-hmm. It's not. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if, so there's queer, which we touched on. So that's basically like the highest umbrella yeah. term. For somebody who's not straight and not, maybe not cisgender, mm-hmm. not and, or, or mm-hmm. maybe not cisgender. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any I'm missing. I don't, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Those are the big ones. And obviously like there are probably more terms under this umbrella that yeah. people like have that are coming up with new things more and more and more just to find like that leap. But I think it's interesting because I think I have always struggled with the categories of sexuality personally because, and I don't know if this is just my deeply rooted desire to not like fit into a box and not like have a label. Um, But it's interesting because from a gender standpoint, 
I have no issue labeling myself as a cisgendered female. Like hmm. that is totally fine. And it feel and it maybe it's because it feels aligned. Uh-huh. But labeling myself from a sexuality standpoint has are always felt really complicated. Because while well, I it is. Well, right. And and I think that but however, I think that some people get a lot of satisfaction and assurance from finally feeling like they fit into a label. Does that make sense? Like Absolutely. I've watched my friends who have come out as either queer or gay or lesbian or bisexual or whatever and it's like they're coming into their own, right? It's it's this it's so beautiful to watch them finally feel like they've come home. Yeah. But I've never I also feel like I'm trying to be a voice for the people who it's like, I don't, I don't know that a label fits me and, and how that works. And like, why do you think that there's this, especially from a sexuality front, like desire to have these terms that essentially like box us into a group? Like, why do you think that's so palpable? So I think it's twofold. I think that we all have a desire to belong. You know, Brene Brown talks a lot about this, um, but we have a desire to belong. Mm -hmm. And so when we can, quote unquote, fit into a box, Mm -hmm. we then can say, cool, I belong with the other people that are also in this box with me. Yeah. I also think that then within the community, so within the LGBTQ plus community, it's easier to use one word or two words to describe who you're attracted to versus then, well, I like cisgender women when I'm, you know, like it takes longer. So I think that we also are just looking for convenience, frankly, of a way to say like, I'm pansexual. And they're like, oh, I know what that means. Instead Mm -hmm. of like, I'm attracted to all humans, regardless of if they were born a male or born a female or transitioning or had to, like, it takes longer to explain. Sure, sure, sure. Interesting. Yeah. And I guess like, because I'm just, (laughs) I'm such a rebel, I'm like, I don't want to label myself. But also like, I wonder how much of that is because to me, and and this is what I, I wanted to talk about this, obviously, other than just raising awareness for this and, and having the, having this talked about in a, from a clinical standpoint, but also from a personal standpoint, like sexuality for me has never been cut and dry. And I've always felt like wrong for that. Like I needed to find a label that I fit into. Mm-hmm. And I think that especially when... So, okay, twofold. So first of all, like what you talked about of like bisexuality being like the path to gayness, <laughs> like I think that that's, right. I think that's a really common perspective and, and I think for, for a reason, like I think that a lot of, um, a lot of people who have come out, it's like with their friends and family to kind of ease into that. Like I know some, some people in my life who I love very dearly who came out as bisexual on their way to coming out as gay. Yeah. And I think it was twofold for them. I think one, they were also confused and conflicted and not really sure, especially if they lived a big, bigger chunk of their life identifying as straight and then not feeling that way. Right. (laughs) Let's hit on that for a second because that is our heteronormative culture. Right. 
It is so bizarre when you really think about it. Why do we live in a world where we assume that when a baby comes into this world, that that baby is going to be attracted to the opposite gender? And that's the assumption until otherwise told. 100%. Yeah. And the fact that we have to come out as gay in the first place is like, is baffling to me. Like, why is it (laughs) Then should we also come out as straight? (laughs) You know? Right. Like, hey, mom and dad, I'm... I'm attracted to men mm-hmm. like that is equally, there's no reason why coming out as being attracted to or wanting to be with the same gender is any different than wanting to be with a different, like it makes no sense. Yeah. No sense. And a lot of it goes back to religion, which is really frustrating. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I just wanted to acknowledge that. Cause I think that no, for sure. That's the bigger issue, like umbrella, is that we live in a society where the norm is heterosexuality, even though it's actually not. Right. Like if we were to the get a census survey. Is that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But but I think that's a really important distinction, right? It's like we live where societally we're expected to be straight, and yet like the Kinsey scale says otherwise, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think that and most people don't even know what that really is. Like, I think you explained it really well by talking it that way. But like, I think that most people have heard of the term, but don't actually understand like, or have done the, their due diligence to self explore and figure out like why, where they actually fit on there. You know, well, I d- for most people, they don't do that unless it's affecting them or someone directly in their family that they love. Sure. But the second it happens to you, you're like Googling all the fluid sexuality. You're like, why am I attracted to this woman? I need to Google all the things. And then we start learning all of this stuff. So it's similar to the relationship and anxiety stuff that we've talked about before. Like if we were more proactive about the education around it, we would lose the shame and the anxiety and the fear that comes from having feelings that we may not be familiar with. Totally. Yeah. And I think that also comes back to like what we were talking about from a bisexuality standpoint, because I honestly had written that off Mm -hmm. to be honest, because I had, it's the, I think the societal like perspective around bisexuality is it is, it is part of like your pathway to coming out as gay. Mm -hmm. And I think that most people listening to this would agree that that's been the overarching conception around that. And I've always struggled with that term in general just because, like, I don't think that that's necessarily true. In fact, I I know that to not be true. Mm -hmm. But it's really hard to break free of – and maybe this is just because I think most of us have definitely, like, a thing about what other people perceive us or how people see – right? But it's, like, anyone who I've met who – who says I am a bisexual person. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Like the fact that you have felt so clear in that capacity and identify that way and like own that it's, I think it's really rare to see. Yeah. On top of that, there's also a societal stigma with bisexuality that they're slutty. Mm. So there's this, they just want to get both like, you know, buckets Right. Yes. And that if they settle down with, let's say, a person of one gender, then that 
person is going to feel threatened because they're mm. going to like leave them or cheat on them with some of them with someone of the opposite gender, sure. which makes no logical sense. Because even if you're a zero on the Kinsey scale, you could still leave them for someone of the same gender. Totally. Like affairs and cheating have become very, very popularized. <laughs> Correct. Because yeah. no one's communicating. Right. <laughs> but societally, I would say that if you were to ask somebody about bisexuality, one of the things that comes up is that they're quote unquote slutty people. Mm. It's something that I heard a lot in practice and people who identify as, and it's on both sides. That That's what's so fucked up is it's not just heterosexual people who are sitting there saying, I don't like this middle fuzzy area. There are also people who identify as homosexual or gay that are like, just pick a side. Yeah. I've, I mean, I've literally heard someone say that before. Yeah. And it's not a fence. Like you're not sitting on a fence deciding what side to jump off on. Mm-hmm. It's literally a, a way of being. It's how you're wired. It's mm-hmm. how you feel. It is who you're attra- like. Could you imagine if you're like, well, I like strawberries and apples. And someone was like, well, yeah, gotta pick one. Yeah. You can't have both. Yeah. Yeah. Like what, what is that? Yeah. Do, then, do you think that the root of that is fear, like fear-based? Like, do you think that the, you know, the example you gave of like the slutty factor of like wanting yeah. to, you know, have that experience, it's like, okay, yeah, sure. Like, I think the same way as somebody who is bisexual and who is attract, AKA attracted to both like male gendered and female gendered people. And it's like, okay, cool. I'm with this male gendered person. I have committed to them. And like, I still am attracted to the opposite sex. There's this perception that, or the same sex, I guess, um, in my certain, um, example, like there's, maybe there's this like global perception that like, okay, well that, that person is going to not feel fully fulfilled. Correct. And so need to explore elsewhere. But what about people who are in a monogamous relationship and, because society society has told us that that's how we should be and that's what marriage looks like um and yet they actually are not fulfilled by having one partner um you know like isn't that the same fucking thing like yes it's just and maybe they're fully straight and they just yes. want to you know <laughs> like have multiple relationships you know yeah. it's it's really i feel like it's really like fucked up that it's so cut and dry and also that it's so stigmatized It absolutely is. And then there's stigma around opening up a relationship, whether there's heterosexuality, bisexuality, homosexuality, or anything in between. It's like, oh, are you not happy with that person? Right. It all comes from this place of lack. Yeah. Like, oh, you must be attracted to both because you haven't, oh, this is something I heard once. You quote, you just haven't had good dick. Oh my God heard like in my office. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You would be the the quote was you would be straight. You just haven't had good dick. Jesus. Yeah. It's the fear around not we as humans are afraid of the unknown. 
And so when things feel unknown, we put up walls and barriers. And the sad part is, is that none of this has to be unknown. Mm. We all probably know somebody who internally, whether they are public about it or not, identifies as bisexual. And we can sit down and have an actual conversation with them about what that's like and learn. Mm -hmm. And then it's not unknown anymore. Then it doesn't have to be this obtuse concept. Mm -hmm. So you just laid a really great foundation because um, I'm one of those people. (laughs) Surprise. (laughs) Um, And that's a big part of why I wanted to talk about this because, and I'm still, I'm still struggling with the Mm -hmm. label because I, again, I just really don't like labels. Um, but, but I, you know, I'm, I'm in a heterosexual, like relationship. I have been married for five years. We've been together for eight on the outside looking in, you would think that I am a straight woman through and through all the way on that end of the Kinsey scale. Zero. Right. (laughs) But the reality is that that's, that's not true. And while I, you know, spent most of my life being, I would say on the majority attracted to men. Um, there has always been a part of me that has been attracted to women. Um, and I think that I, I wonder if the reason, I mean, I met Kev when I was 20, you know, and so I've spent my entire, <laughs> like basically adult life, um, fostering yeah. this relationship. And I wonder if I had had the terms or the the wherewithal to explore that piece, um, you know, and that's something that I'm I'm doing now in my own way, right? But it's like, what does that look like when you are in a heteronormative looking and seeming relationship? And I think you'd be really, really shocked at, it's interesting, since I've started talking about this with some of my friends and some of my entrepreneur friends in the circle, I have actually like had conversations where they've like come out to me about also being bisexual. But on the outside, I would have absolutely never known that. And again, like, I don't know that it's a 50, 50 split for me. Like, no, but that's the other, that's the other myth. Mm -hmm. Just because it's like in the middle, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that like, you're just the same, like the same amount of women you're attracted to Mm -hmm. the same amount of guys. Yeah. So I'll, wow. Okay. Every time I come on your podcast, I talk about something about myself that like I did not. I love you so goddamn much. <laughs> so I've all like I've dated women. Mm. No, nobody really knows that. I don't talk. I mean, now they do. I I don't talk about it online. It's not a part of. Um, maybe I will more now that we're talking about it. But the term bisexual has also been difficult to embrace, mm-hmm. even though outside like technically the definition yeah that like I would fit into that as well mm-hmm. when I when Kyle and I got married there was someone in my family that I won't name exactly who but they said to me see I knew you were straight the whole time wow yeah and so for them it was like oh she was experimenting 
she went off into this experimentation land and now she's back. Right. But just because I'm married doesn't mean I'm dead. Right. So I can still look at a man or a woman walk down the street and say, wow, that person's super attractive. Yeah. Like, damn. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that I'm going to go behind Kyle's back. That doesn't mean that I am going to leave him for a woman. That doesn't mean anything. It literally has no meaning other than I've decided to commit to Kyle. Yeah, fully. Yeah. I completely resonate. And I so appreciate you sharing that because I think that, I think that more, more people, um, and I know most of you listening are women. So more women than would like to admit probably have felt that way before. I mean, I have so many girlfriends who I'm like, you're not fully straight, girl. Like, I see you. Like, I, I see who you're talking about. Like, when Orange is the New Black, like, I don't remember oh. what season it was, and Ruby Rose was on. Oh. I thought I was going to die. I was like, this woman. Like, I was like, I turned to Kevin. I go, like, she, like she, if I ever meet her in real life, I want you to know I still love you, but, like, shit's going down. You know? You're like, <laughs> She's on my list. She is 100% on my list. Probably top of it. Like there's, you know, like I'm just, like, what can I do? And I had a lot of other friends have that experience with that particular, you know, I mean, she's, what can I say? She's fucking hot. But, you know, it's like, it's, but it's so not talked about. And because people, people, people do have that perception of like, oh, well, you were experimenting or this is just a fucking phase or whatever it is. I hate that word. Right. But it's like, I, I have felt that way. And it's also been interesting to have feelings of attraction and like sexual desires or fantasies or whatever that have to do with the same sex and be in a, you know, heteronormative relationship and navigating that and acknowledging that that's totally fucking normal and also like being willing to be open about that with my partner and talk about that and what that could mean and and you know like exploring what how we want to navigate that or not or whatever um right and it's just it can it can feel really scary and really complicated and i think because of that and because it's so not talked about which is why we're fucking talking about it today um yeah. you know people just hide and and stay with what's comfortable right and that's like anything yeah. in life oh Absolutely. I mean, you know, to speak to the label thing, I have kind of identified myself as queer for a long time. Mm. That has been not the label, but like the word that I have chosen that kind of feels better. Yeah. But it's really, it's frustrating to watch. And this is something that I think is really important because the words, oh my goodness, most of the people listening right now are women Mm -hmm. and we, as women, it's hard to talk about this and, and acknowledge it. It's even harder for men. Mm -hmm. And I want to acknowledge that there are just as many men out there that are having these feelings Mm -hmm. about other men. Mm -hmm. And the stigma is 10 times bigger and more challenging to navigate because female bisexuality is loved and sexualized totally. and like 
normalized in a way like look at orange is the new black is a great example like totally. that that was a very mainstream show and there was a lot of female on female sex and yeah making out and it was a, i love that show it was great yeah. i was like go netflix yeah. fantastic <laughs> yeah. if they made that show and it was with men mm. I, I personally don't think that it would have been, been on as long been as accepted so for the men out there, like if you have a man in your life, this is a great conversation to have. Mm. Like bring out the Kinsey scale. You don't have to bring out all the crazy terms, but like bring totally. out the small Kinsey scale. And it's like zero, one, two, three, four, five, six. Where do you feel you are? Yeah. Because most of us are not zero and six. There are some people, like there are people who truly are zero and sixes where they're like, you talk about the idea of being remotely attracted to the opposite or the same gender or sex. And they're like, no, yeah, like they, they really, and you're like, Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. You're just not like, it's, you're mm-hmm. really not. Mm-hmm. But most of us are somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's also really important to, to also state that that conversation is a way to deepen your relationship and yes. get to know Thank one you. another more and not, uh, oh, well, because you have these interests and I'm not that, that we are lacking or I am not yes. enough for you. Because I think, you know, when I started having these feelings and started really questioning how I identified in this way and was having these conversations with Kev, like, it was really important for me to say like, Hey, I just want you to know, like, this does not change the way I feel about you. This does not impact my relationship with you. And I mean, we had already set that foundation from the get go. So it wasn't as big a conversation as needed to take place. But, you know, I think so often when you're get, when you get into a relationship and you have a partnership with somebody that's long-term, anything that goes against that, um, the norm of what you've created, it can be, uh, like it can come across as like a lack if you don't show up that way. And if you don't want that anymore and we turn it into like something about ourselves instead of something Mm -hmm. about that person. Uh Um, and so I just want to, I just wanted to state that because I think that's that's, really important. Thank you. That's really important because we're all, we make it about ourselves naturally. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Like that's just human nature. Yeah. We, you know, we watch a movie and it's like, how does this apply to my life? We hear a quote and we're like, this resonates with me. Like we do that with everything. We see how it affects us. And you're right. We go into this. Oh my gosh. Well, he identifies as a two. (gasps) What does that mean? Mm -hmm. Is he going to go to a gay bar now? And is he going to, like, we go to all of these places and it's like, how about we just have a, a conversation? That's it. Like mm-hmm. nothing has to change if you don't want it to change. Mm-hmm. If you decide you want something to change, okay. But yeah. it's not like a good or a bad thing if it changes or doesn't change. The best thing is to have the open dialogue and be aware of it. Totally. Yeah. And it's, it's scary. Like as someone who yeah. has been there, <laughs> like yeah. it's really scary because I don't know. And like, even bisexuality is like a term that I'm still figuring out if I love, to be honest, like I know. I've been, I know. been I, yeah. kind of playing around with it. Like I, I think maybe pansexual might be closer to how I feel. Like I, to me, it's less about 
it's less about gender identity and more about just who the person is. And I think I've just, I just have happened to meet men that I want to pursue. But also I wonder if largely that was also the case because that's what I believed, you know, were naturally ingrained to be. And I had never met a woman when I was, you know, in my teens and, and I guess, yeah, teens, (laughs) 19, you know, I had never met a woman who I was um, attracted enough to, to pursue at that point in my life. Um, And so I just assumed that meant that I was straight and a zero on the Kinsey scale. And that was my experience was I was 19 and there was a woman that I worked with. She happened to be my boss, but that had less to do with it. (laughs) Um, And I was not even physically attracted to her when we first met, Mm -hmm. but we spent, you know, so much time together at work and blah, blah, blah. And I remember one day I was like at home just thinking I was journaling and I realized that I was having thoughts about her the way that I had had thoughts about other men Mm -hmm. in my life. And I was so confused. I was like, wait, I, but what? Mm -hmm. Like I didn't get it. And so it was just something that happened. It wasn't like something that I was actively thinking about. Um, but I, I do, I wonder similar things. Like if that had not have had happened, yeah. would, I don't know. Well, and here's another thing that I think I've been thinking a lot about. It's like, if you don't act on it, right? So if you have these, start questioning these things, but you've never you've always, you know, sexually had experiences with somebody of the, of the opposite sex. And all of a sudden you're, you know, you meet somebody who you're like, Oh damn, like I'm really attracted to this person and you don't act on it, but you're having, you're questioning your sexuality. And it's like, I think a lot of people feel that until you've had that experience, you can't know. Whereas I think that's, complete bullshit bullshit. because I mean, I have so many friends who have come out as gay and they had never had sex (laughs) with anyone, (laughs) but they just knew intrinsically that they were gay and that, that they had no desire (laughs) to pursue a person of the opposite sex, (laughs) you know? Right. Like that's like saying if you're 10, who you have a crush on in school, you're like, you don't know anything. You haven't had sex yet. Mm -hmm. Like, no, you have a crush on who you have a crush on. You're not Mm-hmm. That's, I, I disagree with that statement. I don't think that you have to have had, you may then have a sexual experience and rethink certain things or realize like, oh, wow, I'm really attracted, but I, I don't enjoy having this particular interaction. Right. And then that can help inform your choices moving forward. Right. But that may not change how you identify. Right. So, Okay. For somebody who is listening and is questioning their sexuality or um, feeling called to, you know, I don't I don't want to say like play around because that has also like a negative connotation. But, you know, like uh, experience what it's like to be with somebody that they in a, in a capacity that they've never been with before sexually. Like, what would you say are like some positive steps to take? Um, in order to maybe get clear around this, um, I think for me, like, I think clarity was 
a really big word that I was feeling like I really felt like I needed. Um, mm-hmm. you know, like what, what would, what are some things you would suggest in order to, to navigate the, the mess of this? <laughs> well, I, you know, first of all, there's no one answer for everybody. Yeah. And I think that that's really important just to acknowledge is that you may want to explore this and never act on it. You may want to act on it the second you listen to this podcast and both of those are okay. Yeah. Um, if you're in a committed relationship, obviously have a conversation with them first. Don't yes. just like leave your house. Be ethical about it. <laughs> yeah, exa- yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I would start doing research and reading people's stories, reading about different definitions and mm. seeing if anything resonates with you. Sparks inside or, of you. Yeah, exactly. And have conversations with people who you love and trust mm-hmm. about it. And if you don't have people in your life that you love and trust enough to do that, A, let's start bringing more people into your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you just can. have two, you have two people now. So reach out to us. Yes. <laughs> and B, there are therapists and coaches who can help with this, mm-hmm. who can help talk through And this is why, again, like there's no shame in going, therapy is not always about a mental illness. Mm -hmm. It's about exploring who you are in all facets. I so relate to that. Like therapy and going to therapy this year has hugely been attached to exploring my sexuality and talking about it in a space that felt really safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and being, mm-hmm. being very mindful when you look for therapists that they are LGBTQ friendly. Yeah. And they'll put something on their website. Like it, it's very clear if a therapist is, um, part of the LGBTQ family, Yeah, they'll, they'll make it known. So look for somebody who is, um, and the other thing that I would say is start, start opening yourself up to being curious about yourself. Mm. So whether it is journaling or maybe going for a walk and looking at the people around you Mm. and noticing kind of what comes up when you look at them, you know, what, what type of person are you attracted to? Mm. Like what, maybe you're somebody who's attracted to, females who are maybe more masculine mm-hmm. or men who are more feminine. So then that line actually is somewhat blurred. Yeah. Right. Like just noticing what comes up for you as you operate in the world and doing that without judgment, mm-hmm. just with curiosity and with love, mm-hmm. I love but edu- educate yourself, like learn about what these terms mean. Mm-hmm. and see if something resonates with you. Yeah. I also think, and this is maybe, <laughs> this is maybe on the TMI train, but you guys know that that's where I'm at always. So um, I think like getting also honest with yourself about when you are turned on or yeah. when you like have sexual fantasies or when you are masturbating or like, you know, self-pleasuring yourself, like what do you tend to, want to watch or read or think about and like for a long time I shamed myself because I would like 
like to read about like group sex experiences or like, you know, like lesbian experiences. And I was like, this turns me on so much. Like, why does this turn me on? And I would just like feel shameful that like, for me, like I didn't want to get off to like, sorry, mom, if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, she always listens every week. So you know what? Here we are. But like, I didn't want to get off to like, sorry, you know, I didn't want to get off to straight sex. Like, it just wasn't. And that's not to say that I wasn't like fully immersing myself and enjoying and feeling super turned on while I was having sex with my husband. Right. You know, like you can have right. both, but yes. it, the shame attached to that for so was so like, and it was, it's been years, you know, and I'm, I have yeah. finally released that and really have been stepping into owning that piece of myself, which is why I'm talking about it openly with you guys, because it's scary for me to do, but I, I do it because one, I don't think it's talked about enough. And two, because it has been like a really, uh, long journey for me to get to even get to this point where and that's not to say you need to talk about it openly like I am you know but if you're experiencing this just know that you are not the minority like there are so many women who navigate that they just don't talk openly about it yep and also what you fantasize about does not necessarily it is what you want in real life right it can be right but you know I had a client once who had to essentially imagine that she was being gang raped. Yeah. And that was a turn on for her in theory. Mm-hmm. Obviously, she did not, not want this reality. to happen in real life. Sure. So I use that example because it's so extreme. Yeah. Like we all have things that we think about. And I love what you said about releasing the shame because who is that serving? Like mm-hmm. what what is that doing? Mm-hmm. And like when you're able to fully step into that too, like the amount of pleasure you're able to actually experience on the other side of it is so huge. Like it's been really cool to watch my friends who have um, owned their sexuality that was different than what they had felt like they needed to be like it's been so cool to watch them just like fully step into their true selves and their the entire energy around them shifts and it's oh yeah really fucking cool and yeah like uh, most of them have experienced years of shame and guilt and all of this stuff but the moment they're able to release that and really step into their true self it's like fucking powerful and so beautiful to watch and like i just can't wait like pride like chicago is like the the next week like there's like a big fest and then a parade and i just can't wait to like go and fully just like, f- like own who I am for the first yeah. time. Ooh, oh, emotional. This is so- <laughs> you know, but it's like really, and it's cool. Like I, I asked Kev, I was like, can we go to pride? Parade? Like, I've never actually been to like pride parade here, which is crazy balls. Like I have, like, I can't believe I've never been. Um, I, and, but also like I can in a way, because I think, yeah. I think the shame has been so like, it's been so like intrinsic and so part of who I am that I haven't been able to like go because it felt like I was like hiding and like everyone there is not hiding and I didn't want to be a person who was there and hiding you know and so oh I didn't get to I didn't expect to get emotional like this but it's just like really cool feeling to feel like I can go and step into who I am and and own that for the first time and maybe in my whole life so what? <laughs> 
<laughs> How fucking powerful is that? And Amanda, I know I can speak for probably everybody listening. I don't like speaking for people, but I will right now. <laughs> Thank you for not only bringing this up, but for sharing your journey so openly and vulnerably and leading by a beautiful example of what it means to be a strong human being. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate you. Um, I also wanted to say as well, like whether you are somebody who identifies as anything but straight or not, um, I think having um, diversity and inclusivity in your life is really important. Um, Whether it's following people on Instagram who identify as something outside of what you identify or watching TV shows, movies, um, one that I recently watched that I think is incredible and I cannot say enough good things about this Netflix series is Tales of the City. Have you watched this yet? No. It is absolutely incredible. Like, stop what you're doing and go binge watch this show. I'm pretty sure that every sexual and gender identity is represented. It's incredible. Like, there are – there is a gay couple – um, there, um, there is a, like, there was a lesbian couple, but then one of, one of the partners transitioned. And so now they're like identifying as queer and exploring what that looks like. Wow. Um, oh, I'll have to check it out. Yeah. There's like a character who is bisexual and she has a threesome with a polyamorous couple. And then also like, you know, dates a guy and then goes on a date with a woman, you know, there's all of these incredibly beautiful and also straight like you know relationships Uh that are like everybody and there's also like not just diversity from a sexuality and a gender standpoint but from a you know from a like ethnicity standpoint everything it's just such a beautiful show and it's the first time that I've watched a show and I felt like fuck yes like that's awesome we're moving in a really powerful powerful way um so I'll link that for you guys in the show notes too, but I just think it's so important to get people in your sphere who are different than who you are, because not only will it open your eyes to the possibilities of <laughs> the people around you, um, the compassion that you will experience will be so much deeper. And also you're just going to like be a better person. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like learning about somebody else's experience that's not yours. Yeah. It's the same thing as having friends who are opposite gender or, you know, grew up with a different religion or in Mm -hmm. a different country. Like there's no difference in that way of just surrounding yourself with people who are not just a cookie cutter copy of yourself. Yeah. Well, I just also want to honor you for your vulnerability and willingness to be so open as always um not just about what you know but about who you are um this is what makes you such an incredible therapist and an amazing person and I'm just so honored to have you in my life um if you guys want more uh love and compassion and just like badassery in your feed and in your life on the regular make sure you follow Rachel make sure you reach out to Rachel if you are needing support on this fashion she works with singles and couples um so if you are experiencing these feelings and it is creating t- like tumultuous things in your relationship like that is definitely something to work through with a couples counselor and that is exactly what Rachel does um so i've put all her stuff in the show notes for you guys again um And I just so appreciate you being open and 
amazing as per usual. Is there anything that you want to like close us out on any last like words of wisdom around this? Cause I know, I know it's like a really, <laughs> we could talk about this forever. It's just such a full topic of conversation. And I know we only like scratch the surface on a lot of stuff, but yeah. Is there anything you want to, you want to leave us on? You know, I would just say empathy, like give yourself some empathy, give the people in your world, some empathy, give strangers empathy. Like you don't know what anybody else is going through. Mm. And it would be really wonderful if we lived in a world where we could all just be ourselves and feel our feelings without judgment. And the way that that will happen is if we can all start leading with more empathy. Mm, I love that. Oh, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast and, and closing pride month out with such a fucking bang. Um, So for all of you guys, every gender, every sexuality, everything in between, you are so loved. You are so seen. I'm so grateful that you are part of this community. And thank you, Rachel, for giving a voice to so many and just creating a safe space. As always, I appreciate you so much. Thank you. Love you so much. And there you have it. Thank you guys so much for listening. And for everything we talked about in today's episode, you can check them out at the show notes at amandacatherinloy.com forward slash podcast 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 y'all podcast forward slash 64 um or you can just you know swipey swipe on your phone and check it out there um and in honor of pride month do me a favor and share this episode share it with a friend share it with somebody you want to open this dialogue with or in support of somebody that you know and love that's in the lgbtqia plus community um share it with you know your entire life (laughs) just share um the more we can get this information out and the more we can be talking about these hard subjects and and give people a space where they feel like they can fully, fully show up for themselves, um, the better, right? It's just really, really such a beautiful thing. And um, quick reminder to um, check out Ana Luisa, um, the amazing, amazing jewelry line that I am so grateful for sponsoring the podcast. Um, their stuff is incredible, and you can use code capital L-Y-F-Y-L to check out. I know some of you guys have already snagged your pieces and been sending me so many beautiful photos of you guys in them. So we're matching, and I love it. And um, I'm just so grateful for their support. Um, um, on this podcast and allowing it to grow. So thank you guys so much. I adore you. I will see you guys on the flip side until next week. Bye-bye.